Christina Ambrosia. And I'm Don Manning. And you're listening to Loving, Leaving, and Leading. We are so excited to share our journey with you and answer the questions you all have been asking. Who's she with now? She did what? Has she lost her damn mind? Our conversations are always off the cuff, outrageous, and slightly inappropriate. So we invite you to come eavesdrop on what we've been up to. Tuning in for episode three. So (laughs) wanted to talk today a little bit about, I'm so excited, but I don't know, maybe after our conversation today, I'll be less excited. I'll still probably be excited. Um, Live action Little Mermaid is coming out, I think, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it looks super good. And I grew up, you know, with all the Disney movies and singing all the songs and Ariel. Yeah, I mean, her and Belle and Jasmine are like my like power team of like Disney princesses, right? And you and I were chatting the other day and you said something about kind of the overculture and and like what messages do we get about dating and romance and love and how are you how have you seen those play out kind of in your own romantic journey and and how do you feel about exposing I guess like the youngsters to those now because I flip both on both sides of this right like wanting to be female empowerment and show you know showing I have a 13 year old daughter um, my daughter positive messaging about having her own dreams and not kind of shape-shifting if you will (laughs) to please a man um but also really loving those those movies and those classics that I grew up grew up with and loving a good love story too. So what do you think? Of course. I mean thoughts. Well, you know, Christina, they're fairy tales. You know, Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast and I mean Although we have dated some Oh, I'm beasts. thinking of Snow White. I was going to say Cinderella. Snow White, maybe like she, I mean, she had it. She had seven men at her back and right? Was she they, cleaning they were, the house? And, well, or, they no, were really, she was cleaning for them. See, I right. was never a huge Snow White fan. There you go. The, another issue. And they were really short. Right. Okay. Most women I'm want- short, so I don't normally have to like the height on the dating site. Like that means nothing to me because I'm, oh, I'm usually shorter than even a short so you don't, man. You don't require a tall man. I don't. Oh, okay. What's your height? Five. Like five two. As long as they're taller than me. You're five two? Everybody's taller than you. I know. This is what I mean. It's a non I was worried we wouldn't okay. have stuff to talk about. We didn't even okay. get through the opening yeah. thing and yes. we're already on to short Yes. And- well, because most of my friends have a height requirement. Mm. Lots of my friends have a height requirement. I never How understand. tall are you? I'm five seven almost. So you're tall. I mean, that's I'm, a real thing. Like that's that's a real thing, right. and I can tell you. And and if I have shoes on, I'm taller. You know. Mm-hmm. So and I can tell you. I can promise you. And I've told all of my friends this. All of them. Height has no bearing on who a person is inside. Shouldn't matter. So Shouldn't that matter. is like you're fine dating someone shorter. Absolutely. You've always like you. That was never like a hard pass for you. Well. To be, to be honest, when I was first, so my, my ex-husband is tall. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course I was young when I met him we were, we were kids. So, you know, but when I, when I became single, 
and I wrote down all the things that were important to me because that's what you do when you're first single. You're like, oh, I'm going to make the list of what I want. I did put tall on there, right? But um, it never was a requirement that that I adhered to. So, and to be clear, most of the men that I've dated and and the and my longest relationships, especially all, were with men pretty close to my height and a couple a smidge shorter. I would say a half an inch shorter than me or a couple of my longer <laughs> relationships. And my man of my dreams is not taller than me. We're the same height. So height doesn't matter. Doesn't so matter. do you have some, now I'm totally going off our, our topic for today, but <laughs> we were talking you... about the dwarves, <laughs> but yeah. So do you what? have, well, now you're with someone, but before that, do, so did you have things that like definitely were like immediate turnoffs in terms of like physical characteristics or like, you know what my, like, I love good hair and good teeth. Like that. Right. So maybe that's a better way to frame it. Not like what you don't like, but what you do like. Let's, let's look at it at like a positive frame. So like when you were like looking for someone. Mm-hmm. Physically speaking, like what stood out to you or what did you kind of always kind of find yourself like attracted to? Yeah. Okay. So I'm a weird one. So I, my, the looks of the people I've dated are, is all over the board. So no one would say I have a type. No Do you one think w- I have a type? Um, I mean, kind of. I like have a kind of type, I think. You want a beanie and a this and a that and a, I don't know, they got to have hair. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I think only like one of them wore a beanie. So I okay. feel like I, I date very different looking men, but I think they're all kind of have that like, I would say very like pretty boy-ish kind of yes. look. I would, would that say be a so fair too. statement? Yes. So I, I would say if you had to categorize what I like, it's probably more of a rougher, you know, um, I don't know. Like I like a I like scruff or a beard. See, like, like a I don't like a, I don't want type. a full beard. I'm like, what's hiding in there? What food particles are like stuck <laughs> in there? Like I get like, mm. I yeah. do like some five o'clock shadow though. Like a just a little. Oh, I haven't shaved in a couple of days, but still like that clean. I like seeing that nice bone structure. Oh I, my god! So it's funny because I think of like the last five men I dated. Four of them were Capricorns, which are known for their beautiful bone structure, right? Really? Yes. I didn't know so, that. Maybe that's my type, Capricorn. Okay, I mean, it hasn't let's... worked out. So maybe, I don't know if that, does that mean that is my type or that's not my type? <laughs> you like the look though. You like the look of a Capricorn. I, so Capricorns, yes. I, if you're out there. Oh my gosh. Use that Call good, Christina. No, use that Call good Christina. bone structure to your advantage. Right. With just a little bit of scruff, not a full on beard. scratch. Right. Scruff. Making me laugh now. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. So I. No big kind of beards for me, which in all seriousness, I have to say, because it still blows my mind when I used to be on the dating sites, if a man had like a big beard, like the hair, I could not believe if in some pictures he had the beard and in some he didn't like with the facial hair, like I would swear this is not the same person, but it was, I cannot believe the difference in looks between when a man like shaves or doesn't like, I'm just, yeah. I'm like, how it changes, it, it changes totally. everything. Like I would yeah. swear I was looking at a different person. Yeah. And I don't sure. know that women have that equivalent to me. 
You mean the ability to change the the look? Sure. If I we mean, could color makeup, our hair, maybe, but you could, you could I go don't know. blonde. I feel like even at my like when I'm rolling out of bed, I pretty much look like the same person. Mm-hmm. Although I'm someone who doesn't really wear makeup, so I don't know. Maybe a girl who really gets made up can totally transform herself into where yeah. like if you saw pictures, you'd be like, that's not the same person. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I think it does. I think for men that can change everything they look like they do look like a different person yeah i mean it's clean shaven or a full beard yeah big difference and you know also to be clear i i've dated plenty of men who shaved would not grow a beard but even though even when i expressed that i really like that like i could still love you right if you shave every day but i do like sort of a scruffy kind of a rough Mm -hmm. you know look so, but also I've dated men with hair. I've dated men that shave their head. So it's, it's funny that you said that some men, you know, like wouldn't do that. I was, I'm reminded of a funny story of when I was dating this uh, Paul, we'll, we'll call him Paul. <laughs> <laughs> what did this Paul do? And it was our first date. And I, I like tried to change his name. Like he told me his name and I, which really wasn't Paul, as you know. But now the story's not going to make any sense because I can't. So he had a name, and then there was a <laughs> shortened version of this name, if you will. And so he goes by a shortened version. But I was like, how about the longer version? And he, he's a good sport. He probably wouldn't care if I shared this. But I remember him looking at me and him saying, are you really trying to change my name on our first date together? And I'm he's like, a smart yeah, I man. might be. I might be. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm both. And obviously I dated him in spite of the name by which he was known. <laughs> um, but I do think so on funny. that initial kind of pass by, like I'm looking for the teeth and the good hair. And I mean, let's face it. Everybody wants the person that they're with to have teeth in their mouth. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, I, I think that's a given now. If no. there are if there are teeth and they are bad teeth, that's going to be a turn. I think that's going to be a turnoff for anyone. But you know what? Then there's, I guess maybe it's so like contextual too on the person, right? Because I know some people that I love that like will have a little gap in their teeth, and it's like, and I like, I love that about them now. Like that is like their look, you know. So well, you find it when I think when you love someone, you find any anything right. that could be viewed as maybe a physical flaw. You find endearing or sweet when you love someone, well, right? I know we started the conversation thinking about like influences um, from the culture, whatever. I was talking to my daughter the other day and she was telling me a story about some little boy in school was like calling, called a girl ugly. And, you know, Olivia was kind of upset about it. And I said, here's the, the beauty though, that you need to remember is that there are so many, what is like beautiful to one person, someone else would absolutely not be attracted to or turned on by. And like such a good lesson to read. Like I need to remind myself of that. Like not everybody is going to like me. Not everyone is going to find me pretty. Not everyone is going to find me amusing. Some people might find me quite annoying actually. So like (laughs) the beauty of it though, is that we all, you know, I'll have girlfriends that'll show me a picture and they are just swooning like isn't this guy gorgeous and I'm thinking I don't see that at all and you know and I've had it happen the other way as well and so just such a good reminder sort of like what you said that looks are so subjective and then they become even 
they can change. Like as you get to know a person too, some of, I've, you know, I've seen really attractive men and I'm like, get to know them. And I'm like, oh my God, like I am not attracted to you at all. <laughs> like you're yeah. not interesting. There's no depth, but you know, whatever. Well, and then this is why tall shouldn't be on the list. Mm-hmm. Tall is not necessarily a good guy. But going back to what you said last episode and not wanting to like waste the time, right? Like that mm-hmm. is kind of the problem with a lot of the online dating stuff is it's really hard to get past that initial. I mean, you're not going to swipe right on people you don't find attractive, though, even though we've right. just said that some of that <laughs> stuff grows on you. Right. I mean, th- there has to be attraction mm-hmm. for sure. There has to be something you're attracted to always. And then, and then, but I think different people, some people are more open than others. Mm-hmm. So some people who don't have such hard requirements as far as. Okay. Looks. Teeth and hair is not that hard of a requirement, right? Okay. Lots of men don't have hair in our age bracket. So I think you need to get past the hair because your Prince Charming could be bald. He might be. That guy. Or he could be like, I'm going back to Disney movies now. The one that I think is the hottest of the Disney guys is, he's kind of a bad boy. Um, The one from Tangled. Oh my God, what is his name? Have you seen Tangled? I mean, no, I don't think I have. Your kids are old. Well, and you have boys. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. that, that Big brings us there. back actually to the, the yes. initial I mean, I started. I grew up with all the Disney stuff and my children grew up with the Disney movies, of course. However, I have boys, so I never really um, thought about it or worried about it that much until, I mean, it came up in my in my thoughts when we were talking that day when I was working and um, the guys that I work for who, um, who have Down syndrome love to watch some movies, certain movies over and over and over. We were watching Grease they were watching Greece and I was in the kitchen and talking to you, I think. And I was like, like, I don't think I ever really, really grasped the concept of what's going on here. Do you see what's going on? Because I grew up watching that movie over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And then Greece too, with, um, you know, yeah, Fife- gotcha. Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's the same premise, right? The girl changes for the boy. She puts on those leather pants and has That's that right. cigarette and little That's sweet right. Sandra D is no she, more. She turns herself into a completely different person for for the man she loves. I mean, I was watching it going, huh, how come that didn't like that's what I grew up with, right? So Maybe that's where this underlying feeling of like, I have to be this, I have to be this, I have to. Got it. And if you take it a step further, like when we started talking about Little Mermaid, right? Not only does she change herself, but like she gives up literally her voice, right? To make the transformation. Like talk about stripped of power there, right? I mean, how fucked up is that? Stop talking. Just, yeah, stop. stop talking and you can have the prince. I don't know. Isn't that what it's about? Like she gives up. Yep. Right. Hello. Yeah. I don't know. Which is so it's so and yet I'm like waiting in line to get my t- you know, so it's, it's yeah. an interesting. I, I mean, I'd love to see it too. But yeah. So in my in my growing up years, in my in my childhood and young adulthood and in my marriage, I, I would say and in my since then, my single years, that's the biggest thing that I realized in my younger years, growing up in my home and going through school and in my marriage, 
I feel like I didn't have a voice. I didn't have my voice. And I didn't realize it at the time. You know, no one was telling me, stop talking. You know, I didn't have a husband who was saying, stop talking. It just was sort of a, I have to be good. I have to do these things, fit this role, you know, a lot of which I enjoyed. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think that's a separate point too. It's, this isn't like about male bashing here, right? Like the fact right. that like often, and I'll, I'll use my I statement speaking for myself, some of that it's like not even put on me by the other person. It's me putting it on myself to try and please the person when they, they've never asked for that. Right. But I feel like, oh, am I being a nag? Did I call too many times? Did I is checking in, like being needy, right? And it's not, mm -hmm. to be fair to them, not always them saying that. I mean, no. certainly there are guys that'll be like, you're being needy or, you know, you hear those stories or she was too much or whatever. But like, oftentimes I wonder, like that's the narrative I'm crafting and what part of that's based on what we were talking about, things that we, how we were raised or what we grew up with or like, where does that come from, you know? Right, perhaps it's, it is in our subconscious. It's ingrained in us because of how things were when we were young, mm -hmm. how, how, what we saw in our household, what we watched on TV, you know? And it's so funny. Cause I think to my own household and my mom was so outspoken, like she very much was, I don't think she would ever label herself as feminist, but like I view her as a feminist, right? She worked in a pretty male dominated industry at General Motors. She was one of only two women like in her department and mm -hmm. a supervisory status. And so it's funny because in a lot of ways I had that rule reversal. My dad stayed home for some of our childhood and was kind of like Mr. Mom. And so it shows even though still it's all of these combination of things like what we're watching, my household kind of gave me even a different story. Maybe that explains me a lot too, because mm -hmm. I have this fear of letting go of that independence and not being seen or not being heard, but somehow often that's equated to like me not wanting a partnership or not wanting to, you know. Yeah. Well, and some of that might be genuinely in you. Mm -hmm. Do you want, do you want to share your space and your time with someone where even in a healthy capacity, you have to give up some of mm -hmm. some of what you want or how you do things. You have to compromise how you run your household. What if you are with someone that you are crazy about, but they have some they different. Have they have lots of pets that shed oh, or. <laughs> okay. Right. What if you fall in love with a man who has a dog? Yeah. Right. I had that situation one time. Oh, I. I have the dog. He was not an animal person. There was going to be no dog. At the end of the day. George did not want a dog. No. And, and it didn't work out with George because, you know, I wasn't getting rid of my dog. So, you know, you know, there were other things mm -hmm. too. I was going to say maybe, like maybe, but it could have worked out. But um, when you're in a partnership, even in a healthy way. There has to be some give and take in my, in my opinion, in that situation, if you love me, you wouldn't ask me to get rid of a piece of my family. Mm -hmm. My dog is very important to me. She's part of the family. Mm -hmm. In his opinion, if you love me, you wouldn't choose a dog over mm -hmm. living with me. So, so like we're both using the same line of reasoning, right? To right. teach our own aims. Right. I know one of the issues in my relationship, I would 
be resistant to like if I ever felt rejected, I would not reach out again. I would not call again. Like if I was fighting with my person and we hung up, I'd be like, well, hell no, I'm not calling. And I remember mm-hmm. a girlfriend sort of what you're saying being like, that, like you are on the same team. Like you, you're on the same team. Like it's right. not you versus him and he gave in or you gave up or like you want the same end goal here, right? So just pick up the phone and call. And that is still, if I'm being totally transparent, this is why I love our conversations. We started out talking Little Mermaid. Now we're totally off on a different tangent. But (laughs) something that I'm aware of that I will continue to probably have to work a great deal on in relationships is being okay. Because I view myself as a pretty vulnerable person. But in that situation, perhaps I'm not as vulnerable as, as I'd like to be or as I may come off initially is picking up and because once I feel rejected, I'm like, nope, you're not going to reject me again. I'm not, you will call me if we had a fight, a fight or. It's so interesting. Cause I would never take that stance ever because I think life is too short and could be a miscommunication. And before it all goes in the toilet, mm-hmm. I would have no problem making the call and saying, I just need to know X, Y, and Z. Like, did I do something? What's going on? Can this be salvaged? Mm -hmm. Like, because to not make the, to not break down and make, be the first to make the call, even if it means rejection, to not make the call to me means I would never know. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm sitting there waiting for the other person to make the call, like, because I do love, right? And I do want to work it out. And I do, but there is like, and, you know, I've, I think I've done enough work to recognize that as a protective, like, defense mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But if you want to make the call, you make the call. I've always felt that way. Right. If, you're in, if your feeling is, why am I not hearing? I need to know. I don't care if it's. My God, a- even when you went through one of your breakups, I remember being like, no contact, three months done, don't have, like. And you don't said, call. I just can't. <laughs> I need to make the call, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Which yeah. Which explains why you are now. <laughs> in a relationship why, and I am not. Why things, but... Well, I may, maybe, maybe not. You don't know. Right. I mean, there have been relationships I've been in where I've made the call and it was too much. The, the requirement for response or explanation was too much. And that was the hard ending. Mm-hmm. Boom. Where I then later on went, maybe I should have been patient and waited it out. But I need, to, I don't want to wait mm-hmm. two days, a week, a month. I want to know. I love you. I want to know how are you feeling? What's going on? What can I do? So in that instant, in that instance where that was the end and, you know, and then I get through that process of thinking that through, well, I I had to make the call. I had to know. Well, in the end, that's how it was supposed to be because that's not a person. If someone who I need to talk to can't talk to me or can't give me communication, that's never going to work for me. And to not make the call, doesn't sit right doesn't feel right to me Mm -hmm. so for me there's no other way to do it Mm -hmm. what if you don't make the call maybe you make like I don't know I'm thinking like how many times do you make the call to like then it's like one time right I was gonna say now I'm thinking like wrong number like (laughs) let me keep calling the wrong number right like I I see very easily falling into that camp if I had actually made the call once I make the call I just keep calling they're like okay nobody's no (laughs) no one one time try you always try one time I think for me and then there's your answer. Mm-hmm. Then if you don't make the call and they don't, and they're sitting there doing the same thing and they don't make the call and two people are sitting in gridlock because they won't make the call. And how sad is that when maybe they very much both love each other? Maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or maybe they both don't make the call because their destiny is to not be together. Right. I don't know. But if I were you, I'd, I, you know, I, going forward, I always say you should do what you feel. So let me turn the uh, tables back on you now that I just shared uh, some areas for improvement that mm -hmm. I need to make in my own relationships. <laughs> I'm going to start making the call more. What does Dawn <laughs> need going forward? What is something that you've learned that mm -hmm. maybe you can, when we talked about compromise, not totally like giving up your voice or changing yourself, but like where are tweaks that you have recognized, like it would probably serve both you, your partner and the relationship well, if you can, I want to say the word pivot, but I hate that word since COVID. I just feel like it's so overused, but like where you can tweak a bit. Yeah. Shift things. I mean, I don't know, personally for me, it's been more of a learning to, um, you know, for lack of finding a better way of putting it more about what do I need? What do I want? And putting those things as priority and allowing space and room for the relationship. So for that person to have and do those things as well, so that there's more of a what I'm hearing you say is you don't need to change anything about. <laughs> well, but because I've started doing that. Yeah. I mean, but so your actually lesson was the opposite to, to kind of stay the course more of who mm -hmm. you are and what you want, because you, would you say that you lean too much the other way in terms of like, I bend and flow yeah, modifying right. to, yes. I've always been, and I don't think that that's necessarily completely wrong or bad because I think when you're with someone, like my kids would always say to me, whatever the boyfriend is doing, you want to do. So for example, guess what? I've done rock climbing, I've which I did like doing that, but I've done um, weird health and wellness events. I've been to the hot springs. I've I've, I went skiing, you know, I went to ski school. I'm not a real big fan of skiing, but I did it. I tried it, but that allowed my kids to try it too. But that was for a man who was a skier. I was like, I know I'm never going to be a major skier, but <clears throat> I'll try it and do it. And my kids get to partake in it. And I do, so, I think there's a difference between trying, right. And then taking mm -hmm. on something that totally you're like dreading doing every week. Right. Like right. I, same thing. Like I've done, I've tried things that I wasn't tickled about right doing but I did it once it was important to my partner but like am I gonna go to class every week like no you know right. like that so I do think that but I've also been on the flip side where I've had girlfriends say to me like wow I feel like you have totally lost a little bit of who you are and have morphed into like this reflection of who this man wants you to be too right well you don't want to give up your things like so for example, if someone is asking you to give up something that you love to spend more time with them, right? Like I go, I take a lot of yoga classes. I teach a lot of yoga classes or I have in the past. When I was asked to give up a portion of that and I did for a relationship, I later on determined, I didn't give it up completely, mm -hmm. but I gave up a chunk of it. I determined later that that's not going to happen again. Mm -hmm. That, that's a part of me and what, you know, what is important to me. And someone who loves me is never going to ask me to give and up. sometimes I don't even think it's like malicious, right? Or like even you do it consciously. I know in one of my relationships, we came together and we were just in that 
We just wanted to lay in bed all day and like not do, I was skipping yoga. He was skipping music. Like we were, but, and it wasn't like, because either one of us said like, we didn't never even vocalize together. Like, Oh, I want to spend more time with you. We were just so happy in the moment that those things that were huge parts of our identity kind of like began falling away. And at one point I remember having a conversation like, Hey, it's probably really important that you do this thing that you brought in. One of the reasons I was so attracted to you, right. Mm -hmm. Is that you came into the relationship with your own dreams and goals and hobbies and, and that's healthy. Right. And so sometimes I think even when you're both, it can happen without either one of you kind of even knowing it until you're like, Oh my God, I haven't been to yoga in three weeks or, you know, whatever. And it's right. We have to be mindful of it. Mm-hmm. And swinging back to the the fairy tales, right? Where the where you see a lot of that that stuff goes away for love, mm-hmm. right? Now I'm actually thinking of the of the different movies, and yeah, I guess that there's not a whole lot of scenes where like they're out with their girlfriends. Like it's not like Cinderella's <laughs> calling up Sleeping Beauty and being like, "Let's no. grab coffee and hit a yoga class," right. you know? Like they're together, the <laughs> right. intimate partners and pretty much every scene except the ones where he's saving her from something else. Right. right? So now I'm like thinking about it through (laughs) that lens. Like we don't ever just like see them doing their own thing really. No, no. It's kind of, it's kind of remarkable. The number of uh, storylines like that. Like I can't think of one where like they're kind of. like doing their own thing which is so funny no. I don't even like I'm trying to even picture what that would look like yeah no it's the same story and our and our children are, are and our girls mm-hmm. right are are viewing that as young girls you know the story the storytelling is mm-hmm. be beautiful and, and you know and, and then you have the flip side right where like we're getting more progressive right and showing these strong female leads like Moana or Pocahontas or whatever but then the interesting thing is in those now you've almost cut out the romance completely and it's just like the heroine so again it goes back to this like you're either this independent solo female badass or you're in this beautiful relationship but we like very rarely see like can it wouldn't it be healthy to be a little bit of both of those movies combined yeah we need a we need a healthy mix mm-hmm. and in dating that's what you know that's what we want to do. We want to have the balance, find the person that's going to bring that balance and maintain that balance and not giving up, not giving up who you are as you mesh together your lives. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to and find. And I think harder the older you get and you just kind of by nature, like get more set in your ways and your things are where mm-hmm. you like them. And yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I know I, we were joking about the dog, but I am someone that it's like, I won't get a pet for my kid. You know? So like she has fake animals. We have fake jellyfish in a thing. There's no cleanup. There's no animal hair. So like that would be a huge thing for me. Right. And so it yeah. would really, and maybe it's good because then maybe in some ways it shows it really does have to be the right person mm-hmm. to make those kind of concessions if you will I have one friend and it's like she dated several different people and 
<clears throat> had even been engaged before, but it's like the person she ended up marrying on paper was like the worst possible in terms of like it logistically <laughs> working match, you know, like between and like just logistical things like schedules and exes and like on paper, it was like the most messy of all of them but the easiest decision for her because it was just wow. the right person that like the driving the 50 minutes doesn't matter. Is I mean, it matters, but like, it's mm-hmm. not even a thought. Like I have to be with this person, you know? Yeah. I think when you love someone, that's how it is. I think that's just, mm-hmm. you find a way it works out. Well, and we were saying, we talk about all this advice and should do and shouldn't do. And there's all these wellness gurus online now and relationship coaches. But I was saying to you earlier, I think when it's just the right person, none of that kind of matters. Like it does and it doesn't. Like they, the way you communicate is just going to work for them. And if they don't love it, they're kind of do like the eye roll, like she's crazy, but I love her or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you can follow all of that stuff to a T and still yeah. When, when it's the right... wrong or you can go against all of it and still find yourself in a relationship that is right for you. Yeah. When it's the right person, I think just about everything becomes endearing. So, you know, you just, you love the person it's unconditional. And so the things that maybe would bother you or, or someone else might see how it used to bother you and someone else doesn't understand that it doesn't bother you with this person. It's because it's different because of the love, you know? So at the end, you know, what does all of that other stuff matter? You know? I love that. Mm -hmm. It's nice to think about a place where all your quirks are just Mm -hmm. thought of as, yeah. 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 Look how cute. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's sticking her foot in her mouth again. She always does that. Isn't that cute? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I know for my my sister, and so both of us are oversharers, and it has often, like, <laughs> my ex-husband and her husband now would just kind of be like, oh, my God, you two have to, like, share your whole, you know, someone would be like, I like your purse. I'd be like, oh, my God. I got this for like a dollar fifty at this estate sale. I rent, you know, and we're like telling this whole, and they're just like, okay, but like they just know that's us, and that's not changing. And so, and it's mm-hmm. funny because they're actually both private, kind of like value their privacy and don't mm-hmm. share at all, like we do. And so it's it's kind of interesting that they were like, sorry, and that's endearing. they married their they married their opposites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say. Oh, they that say, should be. Maybe that'll be. We might have to attract. add that. Yeah. Do opposites <laughs> attract or should birds of a feather flock together? I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll tackle that and. Add it to the list. Yeah. Add it to the list. <laughs> Number 14. Well, I'll, um, I can't say that I'm not going to go see Little. <laughs> I'm still excited about going to see Little Mermaid. But I, I'm wondering if when I rewatch it this time, I'll I'll be thinking about it through lots of different lenses. So. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it too. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a little meeting about it after. Coordinate. After. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Till next time. See ya. See ya.